everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock, Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined by Connor. Hey! Trevor's gone forever. Yeah. Uh, no, he's in Pennsylvania. Hershey. Hershey, Pennsylvania, eating a lot of chocolate. His he's parents' probably... address is... <laughs> he's going to come back, hopefully bring us some chocolate Oh, that'd be um, cool. on Wednesday. But then on Wednesday, Connor's gone. Mm-hmm. I won't have both of them in the office for until the 30th. What are you going to... Do you want me to... You're going to make like inflatable of me to put on my desk? No. Okay. That'd be too. That'd be too much. Today's episode is presented by True Classic Tees. Huge shout out to them for uh, presenting today's episode. We're gonna be going over a little. I have a little disc approval game that I think we're okay. gonna play. I think that'll be fun. Uh, we'll talk a little through some new uh, plastic from Dynamic Disc that came out last week. I believe we've heard about it for a long time. We know what it is, but I saw a video. Maybe we want to talk about it uh, <laughs> instead of Trevor's trivia. We're gonna be playing Hunter's Hints. Ooh. Uh, Drew Gibson sent out a tweet that got a lot of engagement and was like the only talking point of the entire week. And uh, off-season player tracking, not really anything to go over, but we're still going to do it. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, should be a fun episode. Let's start off with this disc approval game. Yeah, what's this? So how this is going to work is essentially I have the list of discs that have been approved recently. Recently? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, this is all going to be like, I'm going to just go down the list from approved date as of like a week ago and just like kind of go back. Okay. I'm going to just read you the name of the disc model. Okay. And I just want you, there's no real winner or loser here. I'm I just going to try to figure out what it is. I want you to figure out who makes it and oh. then what the disc is. Like fairway, mid, putter. Okay. You can guess over stable, under stable, but I have no way to tell you if it is. What okay. It is. okay. So <laughs> you can guess it and I'll just say, yeah. Um, we'll just start with this first one so you can understand how it goes. Okay. The Xenon. The Xenon. Yes. I immediately want to say MVP, but they just came out with the Zenith, and that's why I'm saying that. Mm. But I'll stick with it. Okay. Incorrect. And, okay. Is it, a, what is it? What is the Xenon, though? It's made by Loft Discs. Loft Xenon. So I bet it's... Has their mid been approved yet? Yeah, the mid's the silicon. Z, I guess. <clears throat> like a fairway driver? Yep. Okay. This is the Xenon. fairway Xenon. Next up, we have the Arc. The Arc. A-R-C. That sounds... Oh. <laughs> Trying to think of what company would make that disc. All right. So is it Lone Star? Mm-mm. It... I've never heard of this company. Oh, Okay. Then I don't know how to guess. (laughs) Prism discs. Prism discs. I've never heard of that either. This is the only approved disc. The arc. Well, I'm going to guess that it's mid-range. It's a distance driver. Dang it. Um, Their plastic looks kind of good. I'm trying to see if there's like a way to see who's making this plastic. There's not. But like this kind of looks like like 500 or TI. It kind of looks like TI, yeah. That's cool. Um, From Prism disc. All right. The Arowana. Arowana. Do I know this company? Yes. Okay. Arowana. Can you spell it for me? A-R-O-W-A-N-A. Arowana. That's a very interesting name. Is it... Okay, I'm going to go back to... Oh my gosh, that's so hard. (laughs) I'm struggling so much right now. Like I know it's not Clash because it's not a food. No. Um, I'm not... I don't think it's Lone Star. I'm not going to say Lone Star again. Uh, what other companies are there? I'll tell you, it's a small company. It is none of the ones you've named so far, but it is a small company. A small company. I just can't think of any disc golf companies right now. Arowana. Do we carry it? Not Well, we carry this company, yes. We do carry it. The Arowana has not come out yet. Is it Legacy? No. Is it... 
I guess Legacy is not really smaller. a small company. Um, is Gateway? Smaller. What other companies do we carry? <laughs> <laughs> I think as of right now, we carry this company, I believe, has three molds. <laughs> oh. And we carry all three. Shoot. Oh, is it EV7? No. Still start with an E, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's Elevation. Oh, Elevation. What is the, the Arowana? Arowana is a... It's another putter. It is another putter. Yeah, because the arrow. I would have like I I would have thought they were coming out with a distance driver next. They have a distance. Tra- well, they yeah. don't. They have the Binks. It's You're a fairway. Right. You're right. This next one's gonna be tough. Okay. The F9. <laughs> Prodigy. Wow. And what do you think it is? I think it's probably like a like a fairway driver and probably really understable. Man, are you cheating? <laughs> are you screen peeking right now? Uh, yeah. I mean, I assume it's very understable. The F9. Yeah. Fascinating. All right, we're not going to play any more, mainly because the whole reason that this whole game became a thing is like we saw where Innova re, remolded the Rat, the J, and the Wombat 3. Uh-huh. Right? So they have the Rat Oh, new, I didn't know they remolded the Rat. The J new and the Wombat 3 new. And the whole reason I brought it up is when uh, Dynamic Disc came out with their Supreme Plastic recently, right? So the Supreme Escape just dropped last week. They talked okay. about they're going to release the... Escape Fugitive Trespass and the Judge in the Supreme Plastic, which is the same as the Royal Line Plastic. Mm-hmm. But with the Royal Line, they, they're coming out with all new molds, like the Rive, the yeah, Trust, yeah, yeah. the Faith, all this. The Supreme Plastic, like, Escape that came out, the Dynamic was talking about how in order to make this plastic, they had to get a whole new mold approved because they had to recreate a whole new mold to be able to make this plastic. Interesting. Which is fascinating because, and they were, they put out this like whole hype video that, you know, a lot of it is like marketing jargon, but it also kind of gets you interested of like, mm-hmm. we felt Supreme Plastic. It's very good plastic. Yeah. They're you claiming. It is the same as a roll line, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. It's yeah, roll. Yeah. Uh, they're claiming that it's like, unlike anything else on the market, unlike anything you've ever felt before, I would say it, it's unlike anything on the market i think it's probably a fair statement yeah but i wouldn't go as far as say unlike anything you've ever felt before yeah like you don't feel it in are like mind it blown. feels like the best it feels like the best plastic i've ever felt before. yeah like it's yeah. it's it is definitely up there as like the yeah. best plastic on the market the i best would say star but it feels plastic, like yeah. yeah it kind of like feels reminiscent of different plastics mm-hmm. molded into it's one. like if it was it's like almost an almost perfect run of star exactly yeah yeah it feels very very good mm-hmm. um but i thought it was fascinating that they had to like have like the pga approved mold for the escape is the supreme escape mm-hmm. so they have just the escape that they can run lucid and fusion all that in, and then they have the supreme escape which is a different mold which is a fully different mold because wow. they had to make a whole new mold to be able to take whatever this plastic is interesting so my initial thought was innova's getting new versions of these discs maybe there's a new plastic from Innova. But then my immediate second thought was, why on earth would they choose the J, the Wombat 3, and the Rat yeah, if that was the case? To run the new plastic in? <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Just kind of where my mind went, two different places. Because on one hand, I was like, dude, what if Innova came out with a new plastic and they have running, to like, redo their molds? It was like a baseline. I could see why you could maybe do a baseline of those. But, but then still like a really a, random distance. But then, yeah. Like you I'm think, not, the only thing that's weird is the J just came out. Like, when was the J originally approved? And also, I feel like the Toro is just a better version of the Rat. So, like, why are they re- redoing see. the Rat? J. The J was approved September 5th of this year. And a month and a half later, they approved the new J. 
Hmm. Interesting. So like that's the only one that's weird to me. It's like unless something just happened to these three molds, like did the molds break? But then how would the J mold break? The Wombat Three's been around for a long time, I think, right? So do they not already have multiple molds of each of each disc? No, so like you can have multiple molds like Gateway when we saw they had like more than one wizard mold if I'm not mistaken but you whenever you make a change to the mold you have to get it reapproved gotcha so like I could have like five destroyer molds as long as they're all the exact same I guess I I guess they they had to make a different mold for that plastic because it just like it it cools differently it It must either like yeah there must there's something with how it works with the machine that just makes them need a different mold maybe it like pushes at a higher temperature Hmm. Or maybe it's a lower temperature. I don't know. I don't know. Very interesting. But the womb, but the end of a new versions of like the Wombat Three and stuff, because like the Wombat Three was approved March eighth, two thousand seventeen, and the Rat was approved slightly later that same year. So it's just fascinating. I don't know why they came out with new versions of the same mold. It'll be curious to see like whenever, whenever that new run starts, if it's something that we even know. Yeah. Like, is it like every J now is this new J? Mm-hmm. Like, is there going to be a distinct difference between the new J and the old J? Or is it just like no one's going to know? Yeah. I have no idea. Interesting. But obviously something had to have happened for them to get them reapproved. I would have loved for it to be a new plastic, but I don't think they would choose the J, the Wombat 3, and the Rat yeah. to drop a new yeah, plastic. Yeah, very in. random discs for If this plastic. was like the T-Bird, but it also could be a strategy play of like they want to test this new plastic True. at the market, and they didn't want to create too much hype by redoing the AVR T-Bird Destroyer. What's What it would be the new plastic you would want to see from Innova, specifically? So not just new plastic, but new plastic from Innova. I'd want... You think it'd be a whole new plastic, or you think it'd be like a... Like a mixture of plastics they already have i mean they've already done like luster and mm-hmm. shimmer star i would want to see i think i'd i think innova would have to like completely create a new plastic we haven't seen before mm-hmm. like they would have to go like the like a fiberglass carbon fiber mm. some type of like where it's not actually plastic route yeah like a new material not plastic imagine they just come out with a carbon fiber wombat three <laughs> or innova could come out with like a Innova hasn't messed too much with like they have R Pro, but they haven't messed too much with like rubber blend stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah, they, it's very true. They've messed with like like the R Pro is very rubbery, but like not in the sense of like the Luna blend, mm-hmm. the old Brody Roach blend, like that Discraft rubber blend. Yeah, we also haven't seen from Innova like they have Jolly Launcher, but they always just keep that as a thing with Champion. We mm-hmm. haven't seen that split to its own thing, kind of yeah. like. Discraft has Crystal and they have Z. Mm-hmm. I feel like Innova's never split their different types of champion into two different things. Yeah, that so makes that sense. could be kind of cool to see. That would be cool. I would love to have a see-through. This is not possible, I don't think, but a, a see-through plastic that feels like Star. Mm. Yeah, that's that's tough. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that no matter. I don't know why I want. I think it, no matter how much it felt like Star, it just wouldn't feel good to me. Just because I would still like it. Not that it wouldn't feel good because I think see-through plastic feels good, but it just like I wouldn't be able to keep the thought in my head that this is star, you know? Yeah. Now, here's a question. If you could create a new plastic, period, what would it be like and what would you name it? Okay. I think I'm going, I'm going with a, 
somewhere between Star and G Star. Okay. But with the durability of like the old Discraft TI. Mm, where it just never beat like up. Like the original TI that came out where it just like it did not beat up, period. Mm-hmm. Like that was the whole point of it being called titanium back then. Uh like that durability with like a gummy star, but not G not fully G star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like like you dig your fingers in and it moves a little bit, but it's not like bend it. Mm-hmm. And then I would call it Give me a second here. That does that sounds like an amazing plastic. I would like to I would like to have that. Um I would call it ultimate. Ultimate. Would yeah, you look like just synonyms for supreme? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just like something that like feels like a little bit above supreme. You know what I mean? Oh, the the absolute final. That's what I'd call my plastic. The absolute, absolute final. final. Just name one mold that would be in it so that you can say it. The absolute final destroyer. <laughs> it's like this is the end all be all. Maybe that's, that's what I call it. End all be all. End all be all. Uh, and E-A-B-A. E-A-B-A. Plastic. Yabba plastic. Yabba dabba doobie. Abba. Abba plastic. Mm-mm. Abba. Eba. Because it needs the E-A-B-A. End all Reba. be all. Reba plastic, Re- the McIntyre. I was going ABBA because, like, you know, yeah, the band, band. But I was just Eba, E A B A. That's what I'd call it, Eva plastic. I want like end all be all. I'm a really big fan of baseline plastics, but we've there's there's a, plenty of baseline plastic to choose from these days. Really, there's different. Like, I would like to ha- try different discs in like other companies' plastics, but that's not. Possible. That's always a fun game too. Yeah, but I think that it. I want like a gummy, a gummy crystal esque plastic, like Crystal Flex. No, because that's not that's not like <laughs> grippy enough. You know, like Crystal oh. Flex still is slick. It's just gummy. That makes sense. I think it's just the way your hands are. Because like a, a crystal, okay, like no, a no, get no, freaky zone. This, so this, this is what I want. I'm thinking the K1 soft, mm. like that. Yeah, like that's different than crystal. Yeah, that's because, definitely. Yeah, it's like sticky almost. Yeah. I want like K one soft, but in like like they did the Z Jawbreaker. Oh, with like stuff in it. Yeah. What would you put in it? What material would you put in a plastic? Ooh. To create that. Oh, that's tough. Cause like what at what point are you just ruining the disc? I'm going paper, handwritten notes. <laughs> it's like an epoxy table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, could you make a disc out of epoxy? Yeah, definitely could. Would just shatter though. Yeah, hmm. but we moment. could. How? What if we got really durable epoxy? Could be fun. Yeah, I'm doing handwritten notes inside a disc. Handwritten handwritten notes is good. I want to do like glitter, but like big glitter. Like not like little like, tiny, uh, but like, like confetti. I think shiny like, confetti. Think like you walk into a car showroom. The floors. The floors. Mm. That's yeah, like that. What if you made a disc out of that? Or like a bass boat. Oh, yeah. 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 Like really sh- gl- like glittery. Like a glimmery. Glimmery. Yeah. What would you call it? I think I'd call it disco. Di- oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I got my disco disc here. My nice. Dis- so we my got, disco destroyer. We got Eba destroyer and disco destroyer available circa 2017. <laughs> I was trying to go a future date and my mind went to 2017 for some reason. 
<laughs> All right, before we get into the next game, we've got Hunter's Hints coming up here. But first, a quick word from our sponsor over at True Classic. The holidays are almost here, and there's plenty of t-shirt cheer thanks to our sponsor, True Classic Tees. Fellas, we have the perfect gift for your wish list. True Classic Tees are a gift for you, for her, and a great present for any guy in your life. True Classic's on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good. Trust me when I say this is a gift that the ladies will appreciate, too. True Classic's already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees, and now you can save big while you do so. Get 25% off True Classic with my exclusive link, trueclassic.com slash griplocked, and the discounts don't stop there. You'll save even more during their site-wide sales. So support our show and check them out at trueclassic.com slash griplocked. If you're rocking a Santa bod, True Classic's might be the Christmas miracle you've been waiting for. That's actually what I asked for from my wife's family. True Classic tees? Yeah, we'd put together like a like a list of like things we wanted, and I just was like, oh, I like these t-shirts. Nice. There you go. <laughs> Uh, make sure they use code GRIPLOCK. I will. I also just, sent that. <laughs> I'm related, but uh, almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good for certain body types, but True Classics team designed t-shirts to make the fellas of all sizes out there feel confident in their clothing. They give you a wide shoulder and tapered bottom look that we're all looking for in the quality of the t-shirts elite. From going to the gym on your or your first date, there's no better look than a fresh tee. They offer other menswear as well, ranging from polos, workout shirts, even boxer briefs designed to keep your boys feeling nice and comfy down there. They make it super easy to build out your wardrobe with their elite true classic quality and they have a pack builder on their website where you can customize the bundle you want and save even more so get 25% off at trueclassic.com slash griplock free shipping is also included on purchases over $100 at 25% off at trueclassic.com slash griplock Santa won't be the only one slaying thanks to true classic slaying like S-L-E-I-G and then like slaying like S-L like slay queen or king all right with the absence of Trevor I had I was tasked with coming up with a new game and I believe I've created a pretty good one it's a here. a lot of pressure here. Um, so basically, you have one guess per set of hints that I'm going to give you. Okay. That's why it's called Hunter's Hints. Mm. You have one point for each hint that's used before the guess if you get it right. If you don't get it right, you get five points. You want as few points as possible. Okay. I have... I want to guess right and not guess wrong. We have four <laughs> MPO players from all history. Okay. So, like, it can go all the way back, and it's just players that have played MPO at some point. Okay. Uh, so, a perfect score would be four. Okay. So, I'm going to read you a hint. I'll pause for a little bit, and then you just tell me if you want another hint or if you're ready to guess, but you only get one guess per set of hints. Okay. So, once you guess once, it's over. That makes okay. sense? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, that makes sense. I right. get, but, but I get penalized for asking for more hints? Every hint I give you is a point, is a point and you want okay. as few points as possible. Gotcha. All right. This player has the most wins of all time. You just tell me if you want another hint. Oh, that's hard. I mean, it's, it, I know it shouldn't be hard, but like if you say Paul Macbeth, you could look stupid because like what if it's Ken Climo? But then if you say Ken Climo, it's like you idiot. Obviously, it's Paul Macbeth. Either way, I'm a dummy. <laughs> or I get it right. I'm not a dummy. But those are the only two that I'm focusing I'm going on. to tell you you're going to want the second hint. Oh, dang. Okay, give me the second hint. Only has one major win at the <gasps> U.S. Masters. Oh! <laughs> only has one U.S. win. No, one, oh, one major win. One major win at and the U.S. Masters. And that was U.S. Masters, so no MPO majors. So who I'm thinking immediately <laughs> is Barry Schultz. Okay. Um, I, I don't know his major wins, but I'm sure he's won. Once you compete in Masters, you can't compete in MPO anymore, though, right? No, you can Okay, never mind. I feel like he's probably got a Masters win, I would assume. I don't know. Um, who else has Masters wins? Uh, Johnny McRae. Does he have a Masters win? 
but I don't think he has the most wins. Um, I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna hone in on Barry Schultz. Is it you're locking that in? I'm locking that in. Incorrect. Dang it. Barry Schultz is a U.S. and world champion. You're right. This person only has one major win ever, and it was U.S. Masters. Mm. The next sense you were going to get was based in North Carolina, which would have farther sent you down Barry Schultz's track and throws a lot of thummers. Sir oh. Brian Schweberger, Schwebby himself. Oh, most I don't wins all time. That. 348 I wins, that. I believe, is the stat. Dang, that yeah. most that is crazy. Yeah. Wow. So you have five points for that because you didn't get it. I was just focusing on winning a lot and winning masters. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> so these are not supposed to be easy. Okay. So all there, my hints are, as it, as you go down, it gets more obvious as you go down the hints, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. they're not meant to be go easy. Go ahead and give me that, so I'll embarrass myself again. Okay. This player has beaten more unique players than anyone else. Now, what does that mean? More unique players? Basically, like, <laughs> like if you show up at a tournament and there's 180 different people and you beat them all, you have 180. Then if the next tournament, 80 of those people show up and I 100 understand. more, now I have 280. So he's probably played in a lot of places, a lot yes. of different places. Okay. Oh, I forgot. That's like my only hint. That's your first hint one. right now. Unless you Let ask me just one. think through. Got nothing. Go ahead. That, that's too broad. They're a one-time NT champion. Give me the last one. No, you, get two, you have two more hints if you want them. Oh, okay, go ahead. Uh, they're an AM world champion. Okay, I'm thinking through AM world champions that I know of. And they all disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> um, who won AM worlds? I know that... Shoot. This game's tough. It is It is tough. Whoever I'm made it, it just sucks. I'm making it tougher on myself because as soon as I try to think about something, my mind goes blank. Because like I can't think of anybody who won AM Worlds. Well, I know Yuli won AM Worlds, didn't he? Yes, he, he has an AM World champ. Did he win an NT and has he beaten more unique players than anyone else in the world? No, there's no way. There's no, no way. Did Will Shustrick win... Am Worlds? Why do I think he did? I don't know the answer to that one. Okay. <laughs> that tells you anything. <laughs> give me the give me the next the next, the next hint. hint. But that is helpful though. This is the last hint. They are currently ranked 39th in the world. Okay, that does help a little bit. Let me just go through all of them. <laughs> um Well, more so shows they're an active player. They're an active Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does show me that. Okay, I feel like whenever I think, and this might be stupid to say, I feel like Nate Sexton definitely could have been um, a like beat a very unique crowd because he's you know he's been around a while, he's done a lot of stuff, but I don't think he won Am Worlds. But also, I don't know. Mm. Also, he's not that far down in the rankings, mm. is he? I actually have no idea where Nate Sexton is. He he pr- might be that far down. And Drew Gibson's way higher than that. I don't know where Drew Gibson came from. Oh, it's because you're talking about his tweet later. That's why yeah, he's popping in my next, head. That's the next thing down. Um, and then, uh, you know what? I'm just going to, just because it's the only one that I'm confident won Am Worlds, I'm going Yuli, even though I know. Is that it? Okay, it. okay. You got four points there. You got one. 
Wow. Yes. That was the. I felt like that was one of the harder ones. That that one. Well, I just like that's when you said "am world champion." You said, "Well, Yuli." I was like, "Please just leave it in." (laughs) I I that's I would have never thought of him beating like the most unique. Yeah, that was from Stat Mando. Just like they have different stats. So he's just played a lot of different tournaments. I think he's just like he's played through. He's played through like generations of players. Like that makes when sense. he started to now, that's true. Like he he started, he probably started around when Paul started Macbeth, um, and they have similar. But like he's played against the older crowd, and mm-hmm. then now he's playing against the newer crowd. That makes sense. I think he's one of the few players that's toured through that whole whole stretch. Awesome, I got one. You did. All right, next player. Okay, they have won thirty six percent of majors that they have entered. Okay. Just go and give me the next one. Made over six hundred and seventy thousand dollars from cashing at events, of, like their whole life, mm-hmm. entire career. Thirty-seven percent of majors that they answered is a lot. That's a lot. Go ahead, give me the next one. Seventeen major wins. Seventeen major wins. All right, give me the next one. Final hint: the most money they've made at an event is twenty thousand dollars. Oh, okay. That, but that's not like the biggest purse we've had. How how big is the biggest purse in disc golf? Most money anyone's ever won. Yeah. Well, I mean the Pro Tour Championship, which was, was like thirty some thousand. Okay, so never so never mind this. I mean, I winning thirty seven percent of the majors that you. Oh wait, but that's that you enter, not. Yeah, they've played. Of all the majors they've played, they've won thirty six percent of them. That's a lot. That's a good bit of them. But they might have only played a few. They've won seventeen. Oh, that's right. You did say that. <laughs> thank you for thank you for reminding me of all this. So they won seventeen, and that's thirty seven percent. They played a good bit, decent amount. Um, is it? Is it Paul? It is Paul. Okay. <laughs> so I was trying to I was trying to make it where you might think it's Ken Climo. Okay, I was but I, the, so Paul's won seventeen majors, Climo's won eighteen, uh, and the next person down's only won like seven. Gotcha, gotcha. Whenever you said thirty-seven percent, my mind immediately went to Paul because that was a lot. But I just wanted to, you know, wasn't positive. Yeah, I, I also gave you the most money made in an event because I believe Climo was fifteen thousand. So I was hoping that you'd mm, think it's pretty close. Gotcha. I was trying to trip you up. Yeah, didn't work. You got him. So you have four, eight. 13 points total so far. Sweet. Not doing great. Not doing bad, though. You got, yeah. you got two of them hey, right. I'm looking at it as I got two right. Yeah. All right. Final one here. Here we go. This person made $86,000 on the course this year. Okay. You want the next one? Yeah, go ahead and give it to me. 25% career win percentage. That's pretty good, too. All right, go ahead. They started touring when they were 16 years old. This is this could be because like my mind immediately it's not Gannon Burr because he doesn't won twenty five percent of the, what was the what was the actual hint twenty five twenty five percent career win percentage twenty five percent career win percentage oh, okay so that could that could be Gannon but it's whenever you say started touring when he was sixteen that's whenever you're like oh it's Gannon but like a lot of people started touring when they were sixteen. It's Ganon. It is Ganon. <laughs> the final one was U.S. champion. Okay, yeah. I was, figured that would set you. Mm-hmm. I, was, I the, started touring when they were 16. I was trying to word that in a way that you'd be like, could I, be anyone. It was throwing me off. It did Because yeah. that was last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 25% <laughs> career win percentage includes AMS. 
Yeah, that's that's kind of what I started thinking as well. Uh, so you got three on that, so 16 points across four. Average. Hey. Yeah, great job. Thank you. You got three out of four. I, I, I didn't know how hard this game was going to be, and I think I think it was pretty good. I did better than I thought I was going to do. I might have to put Trevor through Hunter's Hints next week. Yeah, that's a great See idea. See what he does. Mm-hmm. All right, Drew Gibson sent out this tweet, and thank goodness he did, because if not, we wouldn't have had anything to talk about on Griplock as we're, <laughs> as we're 35 minutes into the show somehow. Um, he said, shout out to any and all course designers. When you raise the basket slash target, you then alter how the target slash basket was designed to catch. The process of designing a basket is based at X height, and the PDGA won't approve it unless it meets those standards. Why is raising it okay? Then he followed it up with another tweet. Why do companies have to design targets at X height requirements if raising them to the moon because lack of course design makes a green easy, so the fix is to change how the target operates? I understand it can offer good advertising space, but that shouldn't affect our equipment. And then he follows it again. Steph Curry has changed the NBA. Do you see them making the three-point line farther? Ball bigger, rim smaller, rim higher? First off, I thought it was funny how he started with shout out to any and all course designers. Yeah. And then yeah. proceeds to be like, you lazy people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when he when he put that out, I like first read it and I was like, well, Drew, like, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but he brought up a good point of like, the baskets are pro- are designed based at X height or the PJ won't approve them. And I was like, is that true? So I went in the basket rim height above the grade to above the ground has to be 82 centimeters with a room of error on either side of six centimeters. So essentially, and that's for a uh, championship level basket, but that goes all the way down to like the lowest mm-hmm. level basket. So what he's saying is true. Like the PDGA won't approve a basket unless it's designed with a certain height above the ground. But then tournaments can basically take that and then say, screw it and raise it however high they want. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, we I've played tournaments with them. Yeah. I've seen obscenely high elevated baskets and on the Pro Tour. Or ones where they're in the ground. Yeah, or ones where they're buried in the ground. And then on the Pro Tour, they have, you know, sitting on the um, little stanchion. Uh, mm-hmm. I think mo- his argument, though, where it has like a, a slight flaw is when he said it basically is altering how the target slash basket was designed to catch because... Where the flaw is there is putting up or downhill does the same thing. So like yeah. if I put a basket on a, sh- a sharp edge yeah. and I'm putting from down here up, it meets What's the... What's the difference between putting the basket on a hill that raises it eight feet and you're putting on that or raise, put, just putting a basket on a pole exactly. that's eight feet? Yeah, yeah I, think the, I think the biggest argument is like why does the PDGA have this guideline for designing baskets if they don't have a guideline or a restriction on how it can be put into a play at a course. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the way I personally, like when I was thinking through it, cause like the going to basketball, like doesn't make any sense because like if you go, like it's completely different sports. If you want to go the closest sport we have to disc golf, which is still a completely different sport, golf, they do change the greens mm-hmm. regularly. They don't change the size of the cup, but they can change the yeah. green that gets you to the cup, which makes it harder to putt. Um, which the basket size doesn't change. It's just the location of the basket elevation. But also, if you look at baseball, um, there's there's like some regulations, but they're, they're different uh, home run fences can be higher or shorter and farther out. So mm-hmm. like a home run in one park might not be a home run in another park. Soccer pitches, same thing. They have like certain regulations, but like some fields are wider, longer, shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think other sports. Bowling has different oil patterns to where like, you know a strike if you just go to your local bowling alley that's like the easiest oil pattern but then like 
or uh, not oil. Grain. And it's like uh, whatever they use to lubricate. Yeah. It might be oil. I think it's some grease. Kind of oil. I think yeah, it's a yeah. grease pattern. Uh, but regardless, like there's different ones for different things. So like multiple other sports have this like type of change mm-hmm. in them. Um, but I do think that the, the biggest key here is like if, if a company were to design an elevated basket, it wouldn't get approved. Yeah. So then why is it approved when play is happening? Because like if a company were to design a disc that doesn't get approved, you can't just magically then take that disc that's not approved and use it in tournament play. Mm-hmm. So why can baskets be done yeah. like that? And I, I think that also one I like I think that he does make good points. One of the other flaws in what he's saying is that it changes the way the the basket's designed to catch the disc, but that changes depending on who's throwing the putt as well. Because some people's putt looks like they're like like it hits the basket almost the same way as another person's putt would if it was an eight foot elevated basket, you know. Mm. Like just because some people either hit it super nose down, some people hit it super nose up, some people are going right, some people are going left, some people are going high, some people are going low. So like it doesn't like I don't think that elevation changes the way the basket's designed to catch the putter because it, there's already so many variables involved with that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest thing is like you're never going to get rid of hill. I think part of his argument, and I agree with this part too is like it, it can be lazy course design when the only way you add to make a green difficult is just raise the basket mm-hmm. and like there's other things you could do but sometimes there's not other things you can do and I think that the way I think pro tour elevated baskets I've never thought are gimmicky because mm-hmm. they're raised to like basically eye level so yeah the putter comes in on average a little more nose up but it's not drastic yeah. to where like you don't really watch them on a pro tour elevated basket and and worry about the disc going in because if you raise it too far up, then yes, then it does yeah, make a then you're hitting it where the disc is basically coming in flat and yeah, it's going to be tossed back at you. But I would say at that point you were entering into the gimmicky territory, which means yes. that it's just not going to be a pro tour anyway. Which or is where be. I think that realistically the solution in my mind is the PDGA should regulate how high baskets can be raised. Mm-hmm. Like I think that realistically, I think that there should be some type of stipulation of like a C tier, B tier, A tier, major tier system where a basket can only be raised X amount above the ground. Mm-hmm. So so then it, it helps regulate it slightly because um, it is kind of weird that it's not regulated. At least what from what I could find, elevated baskets aren't regulated. And I think it would help eliminate some of what Drew was talking about. But, um, but for the most part, I think elevated baskets are a great way to make a putting and disc, disc, disc golf slightly more difficult yeah because like at the end of the day a lot of times like you can add as much defense as you want to the green but if you add too much defense to the green then no one can putt then that's not a good course design either mm-hmm. but then if you like add the right if you add the right difficulty to the green then like if you get to a certain area of the green you're gonna have a wide open putt an elevated basket can make it where you can still have a difficult green but it even like even a 35 footer people have to think about yeah we're on the pro tour 35 footer if it's a wide open 35 footer the average player on the pro tour isn't gonna have to think about it that much yeah they're gonna hit it at least 50 60 percent of the mm-hmm. time um whereas now that it's elevated you have something to think about there and wind comes into account a little bit well, more i think too. the best thing that an elevated basket does is it makes for like you said having to think about putts more because of the comebacker potential yeah um you can easily end up with the same putt that you just butted yeah but I think that uh, rule-wise, it would just be fair if they just didn't make the elevated baskets taller than the shortest person on tour can reach. <laughs> mm. Because, like, 
then you just have unfair advantages because then you got somebody parking it and they're like, I literally cannot reach. Like if you're right on the bowl and you're trying to reach yeah. and put it in the basket. That's funny. <laughs> that is that is an unfair advantage to players who are tall. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just trying to read through a few of the responses and just see. Um, yeah, because another person, another thing people are saying is like, it's not a disadvantage because everyone's playing on the same course, same basket. Yeah, that's That's true. fair too. Um this person used the hill and elevation changes. Baskets exist on non-flat surfaces all over the world and thus will never catch perfect. Um, mm-hmm. Then another person said X height from what though? Is an elevated basket different from a basket that's installed on a mound or a player is still below the basket? Should we get rid of uphill putts too? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like the way it was presented and described, it's like the uh, elevated basket does the same thing mm-hmm. or like a, a basket on the side of a hill does the same, same thing. Um it's funny as someone someone commented and said, You've been reading too many Brody tweets, dude, but Brody loves elevated baskets. So, <laughs> so that person hasn't read enough Brody tweets. That's funny. I just feel like uh Drew Gibson is just like getting in his own mental game right now because like next elevated basket he steps up to on a course, he's just gonna be thinking, I don't think elevated baskets should be a thing. Yeah, like this shouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, this shouldn't be here. Yeah, I still just love I'm I'd be so curious as to like I wonder if he thought the tweet he was planning the tweet to go a slightly different direction when he said like shout out to any and all course designers when he started the tweet yeah because like shout out for what well I feel like he's being sarcastic I'm wondering if he's saying like well the word shout out doesn't always mean a good thing I guess that's true yeah you're shouting out somebody I'm wondering if like his point he was trying to like shout out like he's saying that people who just use elevated baskets aren't real course designers yeah I don't know because he says, like, the lack of course design makes a green easy, so the fix is to change how the target operates. So I'm wondering if he's saying, like, I don't know. I don't know. Just thought the tweet was interesting. It doesn't. Got a lot of good engagement. I guess my problem is it just doesn't really change how the target operates. Like, I get it. This is coming at a different angle. You can get spit outs and stuff like that. But, like, it doesn't. The, the goal of it isn't to change how the. He's saying it like they're doing that to make. To change how the basket operates but they're doing that to make it harder to put as in there's more consequences yeah yeah well yeah it's just i mean it is harder to put if you take it to an extreme it does change how the basket operates yeah if you're putting at this angle you can get up in the chains and yes but like the most of the baskets on the pro tour that doesn't change how they operate yeah Uh, it's not especially if you're like 35 plus feet away Mm -hmm. it it, is you're throwing the same putt yeah um yeah, I don't. I don't but I will say that some of his points in there are are I think are decent points. Yeah, the the PGA should definitely regulate it in some yeah. some way, shape, or form. Uh, off season player tracking, no real news. You know, to be honest with you, fun. it's a pretty quiet off season so far. We've had the mm. Nico news, um, which Nico actually just dropped a, a stopwatch, a Nico branded stopwatch. That is on his hilarious, site, which is incredible. That is a this hilarious move on his part. Yeah, I I didn't buy one, but I kind of want to. I kind of feel like, and I don't want to speak too soon, but I feel like that right there could hint at maybe a different Nico in the future. Yeah, being able to laugh at yourself. Yeah, is I don't feel crucial. like he used to be the person that could laugh at himself. Yeah, you so know? that's you know I agree, I fully agree. That doesn't that that doesn't feel like what Nico would have done last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I respect it. So that was very funny. I we tweeted should, that picture should out. Get Trevor one for Christmas. Should, dude, let me see if he still has him. Because Trevor's not listening to this. No, he's definitely not. Should I just give Trevor the same? Um, add to cart, fifteen bucks. <laughs> give you a cart. Am I actually getting this thing? Like, do you think it, it's actually showing up to me? It look like is it actually coming? To like, you? is it an actual real product? I can buy it. I mean, hopefully. 
If not, you've got a lawsuit on your hands. I don't have my payment info in here. Here's one thing I will say. I like Nico's logo. Yeah? I think it's cool. Do you like it? I don't know how I feel, but I don't mind it. I like the little wing on it. reminds me of like vintage Reebok, mm. which I like. I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Hunter's actually buying this. I think it's I think like I feel like it's a good. It is a great. Yes. Continue. Um, why? I think it's very what is, fun. What is happening here? This is a way this, to pay. Here's I, a fun game, Hunter. While you're doing that. Why is this not working? Why you no work? What's a fun game? So oh, here we go. Now it's working with the same essence of Nico's stopwatch, as in like he released a product that kind of pokes fun at himself, yeah, and makes light of it. What are other players that could do a similar thing with a different product? Oh, like I think that Nate Sexton could make straddle putt shoes. Straddle putt shoes. Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. That like have like lasers. Oh. Uh, they have like lasers pointing inward. And so whenever the, la- the, the laser goes into a, a circle on the other shoe, your feet are completely aligned for a straddle putt. Uh, that's very funny. <laughs> Big Germ could release um, glasses that help you see aces better. That's funny. Because he always is the witness. That's really funny. Yeah. That's um, hilarious. So like maybe maybe they're like magnifying glasses so you can watch the disc go in the basket. They automatically start recording whenever a disc gets onto an ace. There you line. go. There you go. Because he's always there watching. Um, I just paid nineteen sixty seven <laughs> once I included shipping. Nice. Now uh, this thing is uh, when's going to be been here? bought? I don't know. That's awesome. That is. All, I respect the crap out of that. My order has been confirmed. All right. What else? I think this this that's pretty funny. Um, is there anything other people are known for? Um, I mean. What's something Brody can make with the scooper? I feel like the, it needs to be self-deprecating, though. It does. It does. So I think like Brody could make something like a thousand-rated zone, or um, maybe like a hoodie with like a rating on the sleeve. I don't know, something like that. Why is it self-deprecating? Because he always talks about ratings. How much he hates oh, ratings. That's funny, and it's funny because he did that. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Um, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> Just think about what are this is going to sound so mean, but what are like f- like things that you can make fun of a, of a player for, and, and that, like have that everybody knows, not like one that like you're going to say and everybody's like, "Wow, Hunter's a jerk," but like everybody knows. Um, but like not too far. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be something with Kona. Why? With your contract? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I'm just trying to think of like the the memes of this past year like a bushnell that like whenever you pull it out just like has instagram on it (laughs) (laughs) there you go (laughs) uh let's just stop it before we go too much farther that's that's enough Uh, i got some more ideas i'll tell you okay the off-season player (laughs) tracking we'll keep you up to date as more players move um, I wanted to take this moment, though, to say that if you're a player and you're looking to make a little off-season movement, foundation, team foundation applications are now open. Oh. So uh, the link's been shared to Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that. I'll try to put the link in the description down below as long as you don't forget. Um, you can go down there and 
yeah, applications are open. We're looking for people who are very involved in their local community. Skill doesn't really matter. Social media presence doesn't really matter. Those are nice bonus things. So like if someone's super talented and not involved in their local community, sure. Or if you're super present on social media and not super talented, sure. But the key we want is involved in your local community, doing stuff to grow disc golf that we can kind of step alongside you and help support what you're already doing. Um, and, and, uh, you know, grow disc golf together and, you know, provide you with more resources and tools to get the job done. Um, so if that's something that you're interested in, you can check the link in the description down below. Um, we'll be reviewing applications here probably next week, and then we'll start the interview process for the players that make it to that next round in December. So pretty exciting thing to be a part of. It's the first time we've opened up applications in quite a while several years actually we got rid of our am team for a little bit there and it's back baby it's back we also have black friday sales going down on friday we're going to be having uh 15 off site wide black friday through cyber monday we're also going to have a one hour flash sale from 6 to 7 p.m on friday 25 percent off site wide from 6 to 7 p.m and then at 7 p.m we're going to have four different mystery boxes drop there's going to be a used disc box a fully random five disc all brand mystery box a three pack of discraft i believe esp mystery box and then a limited mystery box which basically has like some misprints some cool discs in it uh some like black on black discs some limited run discs one you're guaranteed one limited disc and then two stock discs and that so a lot of stuff going down on black friday also black on black clothing drop happening um oh we're both rocking yeah. stuff from it. uh so that's all gonna be hitting the site as well so be sure to check all that out and um hopefully we didn't forget anything Pretty slow week in disc golf. We still found a way to make a 50-minute episode somehow. <laughs> we just pull stuff out of thin air sometimes. Just is what it is. We'll talk to you all next week.